Hello and welcome back to the Ad Race. Episode four. I can't believe we've done four episodes already. Yeah, so I'm Fayola Douglas. And I'm Lewis Donegan Brown. And as it's March, we thought it was only right that we talk about Women's History Month. So it's March, International Women's Day was on the 8th of March, but the whole of March is Women's History Month, which is an annual declared month that highlights the contributions of women to events in history and contemporary society. International Women's Day is a global holiday and it's celebrated annually on March the 8th and it's to commemorate the cultural, political and socio-economic achievements of women. And you can bet that every brand known to man <laughs> was capitalising on this month. Um, and that's what we're going to focus on in this episode. I think this happens throughout the year. Brands are always looking for something to, to tag onto. It just so happens that this is Women's Month, so... Let's showcase some women. Absolutely, and if you look at headlines, especially when you look at everything from the Sarah Everard case to um, to a number of, so well, let's say the wrongdoings of the police, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as of late, um, I think uh, there's always a, there's always a moment to remind men of, in in society um, of how how women are mistreated and actually how from a um, from an equality perspective there needs to be more done um, to obviously ensure that children of the future grow up to see women as equals and not continue this misogynistic nonsense. Dare I say, bullshit. <laughs> and I thought before we talk about some of the, the great work that we've seen this month, maybe we should touch on what you shouldn't do. And um, London Dungeon was uh, kind of in a bit of a PR disaster, weren't they, this month? So... For International Women's Day, they thought it was a good idea to put a little bit of a spin on their exhibitions and they turned Jack the Ripper into <laughs> Jackie the Ripper. So there's so many reasons why this is wrong, mainly because International Women's Day is about celebrating the achievements, like great achievements of women, not even if... Um, so Jack the Ripper, obviously, they don't know who Jack the Ripper was could possibly I mean maybe be a woman there is a, there is a story that there, yeah. there is a story that it was a woman I think there was one suspect of once upon a time if I remember from prime from my primary school years there was one suspect how I even remember this is ridiculous there was one suspect that was a woman Mary something yeah. um, and 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 I, first of all how London Dungeon are even in operation still is beyond me <laughs> Like, who goes to London Dungeon? I just really don't know. Um, but, but equally, I do get why they've done it. As in, like, they've thought, how can we be, you know, a part of the conversation? Yeah. How can we do something to, um, to celebrate International Women's Day? And unfortunately, some bright spark has come up with the idea that they should focus on the fact that it was once upon a time um, thought to be um, a female murderer. Yeah, but the problem is, is that... International Women's Day is about celebrating great achievements. Being a mass murderer isn't a great achievement. It's not, but then equally, I suppose, and this is me. No, I'm not defending them. Just, <laughs> just so not clear. getting caught. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending them. Um, but I, I think, whereas I suppose um, Jack the Ripper is probably one of the most prolific killers in London history, right? Yeah. Or your British history. Every, people know, if you said Jack the Ripper, uh, yeah. people know what, what you're talking about. It, exactly. So maybe it, they just felt that, the, why was it heralded as a man? Maybe actually was this prolific, because I suppose it, you have the famous and infamous, right? And yeah, yeah, this is infamous. Story. Yeah, but then, infamous because the story's been told now. so much times, they are, in some respects, this icon yeah you yeah like an enigma everyone kind of right. knows but it's like why does it have to be, be a, man? a man so i get maybe the initial thought but then for somebody to sign it off <laughs> there's something wrong so along with um the twitter police we also had refuge the charity yeah very well known who um who also spoke out about this and they said that it was a cheap marketing stunt and it was tone deaf and they were particularly offended because it is the anniversary... Well, it, it was the anniversary of uh, the death of Sarah Everard, so she was killed on the 3rd of March 2021, and they thought for London Dungeons to do this in, in the wake of, of that anniversary um, it was 
yeah, just uncalled for. I think uncalled for. Um, so it's, it trivialises the sis- systematic murder of women Yeah. by serial killers. Um, I think that's a bit harsh. I, I, I think, I think um, again, it's this thing of, I suppose, someone's done something that's perceived to be wrong and then, and then it's all guns blazing and suddenly you know, they're under fire and they're calling for it to be shut down which I'm sure they'll be shut down on their own without help from anybody else. But um, I, I just, I think that was a really harsh um, um, comment from Refuge, if, if I'm honest, in terms of really drawing comparisons or at least kind of relating it in the same context to Sarah Bringing Evrard. Sarah Everard into yeah. the conversation. That was, yeah, um, yeah, I think that was, they're two separate, they're two separate things. Um, however, London Dungeons, I hope you've learned your lesson. Um, please don't turn, um, I suppose, Jack the Ripper into Santa Claus at December. It's just... Yeah, and and no one make a mockery of International Women's Day or Women's yeah, History Month. Absolutely. We're here for the serious campaigns. Serial, <laughs> Serial <laughs> campaigns. <laughs> okay, so first on the list, we have... Adidas, Support is Everything by TBWA. So, I have never been for a bra fitting... <laughs> Not that that should be of any shock to anybody. Um, but uh, I, get, I get the the reasons behind this campaign. Essentially, Adidas... Um, uh, it, caught, it caught the headlines because they released an image of... Um, specifically on Twitter, there was an image of 25 women. Um, it was just their, just their chest. You yep. see just shoulders to um, below breast and bare breast, nipples out. And that's what kind of caused the shock. But it's, it's a wider campaign, but a lot of people, they saw that image. They didn't necessarily see everything else that was, sure. was happening, but that was the main, like, attention-grabbing image. All these women's bare breasts. Now, I think um, there was, there was a, uh, I suppose the, someone raised the point that it was just done out of sh- for shock value. Um, I, um, the thing is, I think anything that's just kind of, I suppose comes down to nudity um, is going to have a tagline of being you know for shock value etc however I think looking at those you do get a real sense of the fact that we're exposed to these perfect bodies and everything's in proportion and obviously people get implants and breast jobs and whatever whatever and actually uh, you know you see this prosthetic world and actually there are you know you don't that's not that's not real life um, and so I think that actually what it did do is just go to show the it's almost like naked attraction. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that the thing isn't that we we are now being exposed like through all different um, types of media to lots of different body types, and that's something that's being championed. But still, when are you going to see the naked breasts? Yes. That is more seen in things that are maybe more a bit provocative, like pornography, yeah. things like that. And so then in that realm of the bare naked breast, it still is one type of breast. Yeah. I mean, it's even it's, it's a taboo thing. It's like it's, it's almost like, you know, it's, it, I think down to um, breastfeeding. You know, yeah. there's still this whole thing of you can't breastfeed in certain places and whatever because it's too, it's exposing, etc., etc. So again, it's challenging that. And it wasn't, um, if, if I remember correctly, Rani Rani Patel, our, our previous um, guest on AdRace, she worked on a campaign um, which was basically promoting the feeling of your breasts. Yeah, to, to see if you had cancer. Yeah, making sure you're in, checking in for lumps with, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And she, and it wasn't her, which she didn't know at the time, uh, was that um, the, her advert was essentially the first naked breast on TV. Daytime TV. Daytime TV. Yeah. So, so we're moving in that direction of, yes, of course, you're going to get the shock value. Why? Because, actually, it's always been a taboo to show the bare breast. Yeah. So, so, so actually, I, 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 I do get why some people might say that. And, yes, probably Adidas are going for that. But it's, a marketing, it's part of a marketing strategy. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's also important to, I think, recognise and understand what their main mission behind it was. And I think they achieved that. You know? Yeah. They were trying to illustrate the fact that they've created a new range that contains 43 different styles. And the reason they've created such a huge range of these are um, sports bras is because... If you hold your breast tissue in different places within your chest, so different size chests, be it maybe you've got more breast tissue in your armpit area, maybe you hold high, maybe you hold low, 
you will need a different sports bra to get the support you need. And so they've created this huge range of styles. And so they wanted to showcase a large range of women with different size breasts yep. to showcase, to be like, this is who we're, we can cater for. And like, we are for everyone. And I think that, that when you know what they've actually gone to create that works well, but when you see um, the ad, some people didn't kind of tie the two together. Yeah, no, I, I do get that. But um, I also think as well, it just goes, it, what I think it showed isn't obviously the shape, the size, um, and also anyone that I suppose that, that has had, like, for instance, as though I think there's a lady on there with a um, mastectomy. And it's also just considering, it's just I think it's just really looking at everything as a, as a there isn't this one staple bra, one size fits all, and that's exactly the case. So the fact that they've challenged that, I mean, it, it goes back to, again, I suppose, talking about Rihanna and how she envisaged her line and range. So instead of starting, do you know what I mean? And actually kind of realising there isn't one this one size fits all, then we need to start looking at everybody. And they've taken that they've taken that step to do that. Yeah. And with Adidas they also went on to create um eight statues of female change makers to celebrate women who are breaking boundaries and that was on the South Bank by City Hall. And they've had a host of in store events as well that were all about um like finding your your new sports bra and like being empowered as a woman. There's nothing like getting home after a long day <laughs> and taking off your bra, really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think you know what you mean. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm starting to get that feeling. Just like, just I wear Converse now that are platform Converse. Um, and do you know what? Because they're so heavy. I, like, I get home and I tell my, I'm like, oh. Oh, my God. God. That's relieving. Sometimes, sometimes I do think oh it must be like getting home and taking off a bra. Yeah. I think that um, this Adidas campaign, I think it really did resonate with me as well because I guess we all know lots of people have changed sizes and stuff through the pandemic. Things have, like, changed and bodies fluctuate. And so a lot of people do need to go and get remeasured and, like, kind of look at their, their sportswear wardrobe, make sure it's serving them and the body that they have now. And so it was a good it was good timing from Adidas, I think, as well as as we kind of enter... Our, our bodies change so much, right? And especially women who go through, for instance, childbirth and things like that. Yeah. And, and obviously from a hormone perspective, right? And so I suppose, actually, how often really do women go to get their bra size... Uh, well, we're all of... shopping online now as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So, so are, are, are they, like... you know, are you measuring correctly? You know, what's... I wonder how often that's something that's a thought, or do you just kind of stick with the same thing and not realizing you're damaging yeah. in your yeah that you're kind of squeezing yourself into yeah. something that doesn't serve you anymore. Yeah. A good one from Adidas. I what think. Do you, what do you think? What's no, your verdict? No, I do, I do. I do. I do think it's a great one from Adidas, and I do. I will defend them in saying that. Um, I don't think they just did it out of shock value. I think it was intended to shock, and that was the case. But I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a gimmick. Um, and actually, the fact that again, from an inclusion perspective, it's not just you know here's three new whatever. Yeah. It's actually we've gone to the to extraordinary lengths to include as many as possible. Yeah. Um, and start actually expanding their the brand. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you that? you can see <laughs> you see different um, lots of different women. There's obviously women that are different races, different sizes, different breast sizes, and I think from that perspective, it seemed like it was really inclusive and. I thought it was useful. The shock was there, but I think it served a purpose. Yeah. No, I agree. I might get my brow size measured. <laughs> Itty bitties. <laughs> so next up we have LV Smart Tech for Smart Bodies by Mother London. I love my body because my body is amazing. I'm not talking the size of a shape thing. Not an object, no, not a plaything. High tech anatomy, not for taming. See my body's complex design, high spec. Give you life, I generate, I multiply, I got the milk, I make it happen, silent pump and make it fashion. I actually really enjoyed um, this uh, commercial. I, I I didn't quite get the wrapping. Um, it's the best bit. Well, I just I just didn't understand the correlation between breast pumps and wrapping. I just, it didn't make sense to me at first. And then I saw some of their other work. 
previously, and then I thought, oh, I see, there's a pattern here. Um, and to be fair, Mother London always do great work, don't they, as an agency? Um, so actually, I thought, I get it now, and it makes sense. And equally, I'm not the demographic. They are selling, are no, just in case you didn't know, LV, <laughs> Smart Tech for Smart Bodies is all about, um, well, this particular brand, uh, this particular product is a breast pump. So I'm, no, I'm not the intended, um, the intended demographic. Uh, which is maybe why I didn't get the whole thing at all at first. But what I thought was quite interesting, especially in the other ones, is that, so this, this piece of fantastic machinery is like a discrete mobile solution to breast pumping. So you can just fit it in your bra. Yeah. I don't know why I'm telling you this, like, you don't know this, right? Never, <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing never, it yet. I've never uh, lactated. I don't I've never pumped my breast. But I do know yeah. about LV. Yeah. And um, I just thought it was actually a really cool product. And I think maybe because I'm maybe because I'm new, new, new to the product, um, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually really interesting. Uh, but I think the, the overall campaign itself and, and the um, commercial, it makes you smile. You know, you, you can't help but just kind of go, oh. I think it's all of the ads, it's just about injecting some fun into the subject. Like, it doesn't have to be these um, slow, sedate ads. Do you know what? Sometimes, like, ads that are to do with things about being a mother or, like, breast pumping, they're the same as the ads that you see for, like, an old people's home. Like, that doesn't, just because you become a mother doesn't mean that you'll stop rapping in the mirror or stop dancing around with your friends or it's stop you, being yourself that... or you're, you're yourself. Plus, <laughs> you might need to get some milk out of your breasts to feed that kid that you had. It's usually you know? that, that sultry voice, the new breast breast pump from Johnson yeah. & Johnson. Have time with your bit. And it's like... Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's usually what it's like, isn't it? But yeah, now, like, uh, relax. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. leave the house. You're now <laughs> a cow. Mm. <laughs> um, I know, so I do like that because it, it, it is... And, I, and as... You know, I was very exposed to, I suppose, pregnancy and motherhood via, like, my sister and family and stuff, like, growing up, right? But then as, as I get older and my opinion of the world and views of the world and life experience changes, and then my friends are now having babies, you also see it in a different, different, a completely different um, scope. Yeah. And, like, even, like, one of my, one of my really close friends who's, who's not long had a baby and just seeing how she's... Um, I suppose, coped with motherhood and all these things from, like, you know, breastfeeding to saw this. And and it's just, it's it's phenomenal to, to, to I suppose, learn about and, and see. Yeah. Um, but then to kind of learn of that these, these you know, the, these are every, these are everyday, when I say everyday women is the wrong term. It's just as it's the fact that... The women, the, that, that the women that are your friends and the people that you love, you actually see, okay, part of their life has changed, but they haven't yes. changed yeah, their yeah, sense yeah. of humour, mm. like what they like and how they, their relationship with you a lot yeah. of the time. But sorry, what I wanted to say is, because it sounded wrong, not everyday women, and I don't mean it like that. What I mean is that when I was younger and I, how, I suppose, the world was then, because the world has changed quite a lot from, from when I was a child to now. Yeah. Right? And, and this idea of pregnant women are, is almost like, you know, there's like, a, they're like, they're, they, they, they're almost, when they're pregnant, it's almost like they're not the same person they once yeah. was. Yeah, and then that's how it used to be. And like. it's like, oh no, you leave them be, that they've got their, you know, they're, they're a parent now. This is what you're meant to do Absolutely. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you raise that child, goodbye, take care, nice knowing you. Whereas now, Even it's... Even through the pregnancy, like yeah, Rihanna. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, they're uh, the Rihanna's same. been like out showing off her baby bump in a whole like new unapologetic way and lots of people who nice album plug (laughs) (laughs) and i think people love that and i think that's why the same um same reason why this lv ad works and why their ads in the past have worked because it's just about you can have fun like yeah just because you're breast pumping doesn't mean that your life has ended and and i think that then pregnant women and, and and new mothers then get forgotten about like about friendship groups, things like that. Do you know what I mean? And I think this, and I think this was just actually the campaign was a great way. So when I say everyday women, it's just like it's just normal everyday women that haven't changed. They're still them. They're still they're still fun. Exactly what you said. You know, they're still able to to have fun and be spontaneous. Um, we digress from breast pumps, but yes, yes. Liked the ad. I thought it had some fun graphics in it as well when it was like showed the little baby inside. Uh, Inside in utero, you know. Mm. Um, I thought it was fun, and I like the the rapping, the dancing, the, the popping, the gold. The popping. gold I, I did like the creative treatment. So obviously they yeah. they, mim- they use certain props and stuff to mimic, for instance, like expressing breasts. 
and yeah. um, like the, the uterus and etc etc. So I did. I quite like. I quite like that. Um, I think LVR onto a good thing. Their ads in the past have also been kind of made in quite a similar vein, and I think that it's a definite. It's definitely a good direction to go down, and it sets them apart from some of the other brands trying to appeal to new mothers. I'm all for expressing. I'm all for expressing. Express yourself, express your breast milk. Yeah, expressing my feelings after a few whiskeys. <laughs> no milk from you then. <laughs> Let's leave that one there. <laughs> Got milk. So moving on okay. to the next one. So, um, this one I find very, very interesting, and actually it caught me in my own, um, uh, I suppose, prehistoric thinking, um, is that... Uh, it's, uh, the campaign title is Stamp Out Misogyny. It was created by Don't Panic. And essentially it's that mis- misogynistic slurs and opinions put women and their bodies at risk in society every day. Don't Panic is stamping out misogyny with a series of naughties-inspired temporary tattoos designed to raise awareness and support the bill to make it a hate crime in the UK. Now, the imagery from this um, are it's three girls sitting on the wall. They have their... Uh, my grandmother would have said, cover your line which would have mean pull your top down so you don't get a chill in your back. Yeah. Um, um, essentially, so it's the lower part of your back that's exposed, so essentially you're wearing like a crop top or a belly top, etc. And um, what would you call, now answer this honestly, what would you call a tattoo on the lower part of a woman's the back? The small of your back. The small of your back. What would you call that? And if you thought tramp stamp... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you are wrong. The campaign is saying that we have learned these terms to refer to women's bodies right. and actually it is misogynistic. And so we say tramp stamp. Often we're now dissociating where, what that actually means and what that's actually saying about a woman's body. It's being treated as if that is the name for having a tattoo in the small of your back when actually it's really a term that's used to keep women down or to label them as less than. Um, You aren't a tramp if you've chosen to get a tattoo on a certain part of your body and we need to get away from these terms and this was just a really good example um, to highlight that. So they actually worked with an artist to create some temporary tattoos that said stamp out misogyny on them and online they obviously said look we've created these tramp stamps to kind of showcase that we need to stamp out misogyny we shouldn't be labeling things in this way and and that's it's really helped to highlight that bill that was going through parliament and I think, and I think, job done because, in theory, and I think, uh, well, Fiola really helped when first showing this to me. Uh, really helped to highlight um, the fact that we have disassociated it from where it actually originated from, um, uh, or essentially, um, you know, people people perceive it to be a negative connotation. And only, and I defended that by purely saying. Um, well, you know, if my male friends and some of them do have had tattoos on their back, you know, you just instantly call it a tramp stamp because that's what it's called. But equally, if you look at the derivative of the word um, and the connotations and, and, and I suppose what that projects onto the, the wearer of that, um, actually, it's not a nice thing. Um, and it's about understanding that, yes, whilst we, you know, learn of these things growing up and, and, you know, we don't need to continue them, but educating ourselves and actually why it's wrong is exactly the whole point of this podcast and exactly the whole point of, of, of changing everything in the face of racism, inclusion, etc. Yeah. So learning about something and changing it. So now I actually feel like, okay, I, I don't actually think I would, I would consciously now say yeah. it to somebody or go whatever. You don't want to be part of that. No misogynistic no. societal kind of norm of calling it a tramp stamp you want to step away from that mm. but uh, we were also saying the fact that a lot of these um tramp stamp is specifically misogynistic but there are a lot of names given to things that are neg- have a negative connotation and they're giving to things that have um are perceived as being like a working class style choice. So I'm from Croydon. There was this whole thing about the Croydon facelift. Yeah, it's not misogynistic because it's not kind of labelling women as being less than, but it's still not a nice, nice thing and to, to kind of put onto you know like a, a working class style choice. And I think that there are other examples as well. And it's about trying to 
think about rather than be the person who's like I'm not going to stick to those stereotypes because it is a choice what you what you choose to wear or how you choose to do your hair or where you choose to get your tattoo rather than be like I'm not going to make that choice it's actually thinking who thinks that they have the right to put these negative stereotypes on this certain style choice because this person because of their choice isn't less than absolutely you know, that's... You made a good point earlier, actually, when we were talking, um, uh, when we were talking and you said about, you know, exactly how, for instance, um, working class people were perceived and it was because they were the kind of style choices of working class people at the time. And, and equally, that's then also where that's derived from. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's like, it's, it's no one's, it's um, of no one's kind of right to say to demark someone in that way do you know what I yeah. mean just because of their style choice if someone's got a, a tattoo on their lower back why would you if you're saying a tramp stamp it kind of makes you think of them being oh are they going to be um, less educated are they going to be uh, slutty are they going to be yeah. like all of these kind of things are, are stereo- kind of, I mean are, you, are kind of you think of stereotypical related to that stereotype and yeah Actually, it's like, why are we thinking yeah. like this? Like, we're so far beyond that now. This, like, it's actually ridiculous. Someone can show you who they are. And then even if they are somebody who, I don't know, likes to, a woman who likes to sleep with loads of men, why would we label that person yeah. in any way anyway? That's their business. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you've got a personal, like, problem to bring up with them, because it's to do with your man. <laughs> then it doesn't matter what they're doing, does it? Like, why is it? Why is it anybody else's issue? I think though um, there is a, I suppose, a wider story on on stereotypes, um, which I think it just down to human nature. I think stereotypes are always going to exist. I think it's yeah. easy for people to put people in boxes and to create uh, these subcategories, yeah. right? Which society then label and brand, and and um, it's easy to kind of put people in that and, and classify things. Uh, just because I think that's what we do as humans, but it's to move away from doing it in a negative way, or finding constructive ways to do it, maybe um, ways that aren't insulting or rude or racist or misogynistic. Um, but equally, though, know, I made decisions at a young age not to wear certain items of clothing because I grew up in a in a, in a particular place and area, and I didn't want to be seen as being, um, you know, uh, from a certain class or background, etc. Because I, you know, had these high hopes and ambitions, and I thought that was the way to change. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And, it, and equally, it's like it's, it's actually people can just, just be able to just live and be free in whatever, you know, yeah. or because you know cause because your mind is still your mind, no matter what you choose to wear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's because of how I th- felt that I was being perceived. People wouldn't take me seriously or they would think that I was some sort of hoodlum or... Yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't wear tracksuits and trainers and, and certain things. So it's like I just assumed that that was associated with being a hoodlum and and, um, uh, and, and in a way wasn't kind of taken seriously. Now, I wanted to get a job at 14. I, st- I was working hard and I just felt like, you know, they, they were the kind of visual representation representational choices that I had to make to break away from society stereotype of me mixed race young male from Hackney you know so 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 yeah I, I get it yeah I definitely reached a certain age where I well I chucked away all of my tracksuit bottoms and just felt like that part of my life is done <laughs> and I want to present myself in a different way lots of people find it really hard to imagine but I used to wear like two pairs of tracksuit bottoms yeah this is this, this this I need I need to see <laughs> some throwback footage on this but you did think it got to a point where you're like now then you wanted to avoid those stereotypes because mm. you were like moving on with your life and it kind of felt like oh you have to leave that behind in order to get ahead but yeah because and you feel like you're breaking free and you're moving on and elevating yourself and yeah whatever. and like, it shouldn't feel, no, feel like that no. because that's just ridiculous and then now how much like you have all these brands and they're trying to i guess look for people who can talk to that demographic talk yeah. to that audience and it's like well you need people who are from all different backgrounds and so there's there's probably a lot of people who are, i guess are you know, maybe in a un- undercover, undercover working class. <laughs> <laughs> now they can be free. They need to come out and they need to be... But I think, you know, I think we, but we spend a lot of time. Uh, and equally, again, just how society is, because naturally a lot of people want to progress from working class class into society's definition of 
middle class and you know wealth you know it, it's there's a there's a whole piece of, uh, around i suppose how we perceive because essentially a lot of a lot of working class people spend more money than they should do trying to look like they're from a different class background do you know what i mean it's yeah. it's actually i think a lot of people don't understand um Maybe, like, a lot of people, when they were growing up, they didn't even understand the whole thing about class. So it wasn't trying to appear as a different class. They just wanted to appear richer. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course. more wealthy. Like, that's how they were thinking of it. And um, equally, brand, brands prey on that. You know, brands, you know, they call themselves aspirational brands, not luxury brands. Because, yeah. they, because they are also appealing to a certain audience who they might have a kind of a... Um, they might have a um, disposable income, right? Where they think, okay, they fit within a certain demographic and, and consumer bracket for themselves. So obviously they, they target them and it's all about, you know, you spend X amount on this luxury handbag because it's exactly what this person should be wearing for their calibre, whatever. And actually it's like, you don't actually, do you need that? No, you don't. Yeah. I think it all gets even more complicated when you bring influencers into the mix because maybe a lot of them could have been from a certain background but now they've got really inflated salaries um, which means that they're not necessarily what they they can afford doesn't resonate with who they're advertising to equally they get a lot of free stuff so Mm. you're seeing someone with all of these things and being like I want everything that they have but they didn't pay for it so it's it's not achievable and it's not realistic and it's about yeah, brands just really kind of working working with uh, different groups to like appeal to the right audience, I guess. Next up. So this one is going viral. And it's about supporting women. So it's the Mayor of London's campaign. It's Have a Word With Yourself, Then Your Mates by Ogilvy UK. Have a crisp. Go on, have a crisp. Bit of a moody one, isn't she? A little bit rude, to be honest. God, jeez, am I really that bad? My taxi's nearly here. Taxi? Oi, Jacob, you're not going to say anything. The Mayor of London is telling men to have a word with themselves and their mates to combat violence against women. In the film directed by Molly Burdett, um, through Spindle, depicts a woman waiting alone for a taxi, and I'm sure you've all seen it on social media, um, a woman waiting alone for a taxi after her friend leaves her with the words, text me when you get home, OK? When a group of men leave a nearby corner shop, one of them begins to harass her. She ignores him, but his behaviour persists, growing more threatening. Meanwhile, viewers can see the subconscious of one of the harasser's friends as he tells himself he should put a stop to what's happening. What are you doing? He says. You need to say something. This isn't a joke anymore. Thank you, thank you. A lot of people are sharing this, which I think is, is really good. Yeah. Um... I think that we were both like saying that the the style of um, like the treatment for the ad, the style of it was was quite basic, but it works and yeah. and it. I think it it's good that it reminds you of that kind of drama school performance, but I think in a good way because that's who it's appealing to. You would have like people who would have had that like uh, moment in in drama and kind of see that like look in the mirror, like talk to yourself, and so. It's, it's a very common. It's a very. It's very GCSE drama to me. It's a very common kind of. Um, what's your internal dialogue? You know, what's it's. Um, that was the only. Th- not taken away from the seriousness of the advert. Sorry, of course, but it just the execution of that within the mirror. What are you doing? I just thought oh, I they could have. They could have done that so much better. That's the only thing I thought. I think that doing it in the the most like overt, simplistic yeah. way just meant that the message didn't get lost it couldn't be interpreted wrongly like this is what it's saying like actually look in the mirror have a word with yourself like are you going to be able to look at yourself if you don't step in when you know that you should absolutely i I have loads uh, you know lots of friends who who feel exactly the same way and anytime we're out somewhere and we see for instance um a, um, a, a guy speaking in a certain way to a woman, whether it's actually, you know, we recognise that it's maybe his partner or something, you, you, we still say things, you know, you kind of check them and say, Sex hey, okay. what are you doing? Like, even to the guy, you know, like, what are you doing? Or, yeah. you know, we should check with the girl, is everything okay? Or, And I think that's actually really, really important. And I think men sometimes, um, I suppose, lose themselves in terms of how, again, it's the feeling that they are, they are, they have this authority 
over women and they can do as they please and, you know, they can treat women in a certain way. I don't, I, I don't get where that comes from. Um, I think but, it plays... but I think it's important for everyone to check their yeah. friends. It needs to be everyone. Everyone. And that's how change happens. I think it's the, um, one of the problems is you kind of heard, I heard this a lot around uh, the Sarah Everard, Tom and Sarah Everard case is, you know, if you're like walking through an alley or like you're a woman walking alone at night, a man might be um, two foot taller than you, quite physically bigger than you. And so even if this person, you know, outside this corner shop is having, like to them, they're having a joke. You as a, if you're a smaller person, you might feel intimidated, even though they're having a joke. Yeah, like, absolutely. actually, it's not. If it's if not, if uh, everyone isn't sense. laughing, then it's not a joke. Yes, yeah, of course. And I think that's that's really important. And if if people can say to their mate, their mate might have actually thought this is appropriate. And so it just takes like one second to be like, look, mate, no, it's not funny. Yeah. And they're doing it thinking everyone else is laughing as well. And if you tell them, I'm I'm not, I'm with you, and I'm not laughing, or like I'm another. Well, I think that, that's the other thing as well. It's 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 it's, playing, it's being the class clown as well, isn't it? It's, it's because they feel like they've got a show with their group of mates, and then there there becomes this whole kind of toxic masculinity thing where I think men do feel under pressure sometimes from their male kind of cohorts and peers to they have to speak to a girl. You know, it's kind of this this culture of you know you go and talk to her, go and say something, go and do this, whatever. Sometimes yeah. the guys are comfortable enough doing that too. You know, they're just kind of like doing it because their friends making sure they're doing it, but they, they might not have the confidence to, or yeah. they're scared of rejection or whatever, and they don't want to. And but then, but then equally, they don't know how to handle all of those things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So they're doing it for a show. They're, they're being this guy that they maybe see, maybe you know, on a on a on the TV or something like that. And then equally, if they get rejected, they don't know how to deal with it, so they become aggressive, and then they become this horrible person, which actually it all could have been avoided if you just kept your mouth. Closed <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, especially in the there's appropriate environments and appropriate times, sure. and then there's a woman on her own outside at night, and just don't talk to her. She comes and approach you and asks for directions or a phone charger. Fine. If not, leave her alone. Yeah. Unless you're an Uber driver, yeah. I don't know why you're stopping stopping to talk. Sometimes I will if it's like late at night or like a quiet place, tube station, something like that, right? I purposefully, <laughs> like almost, almost walk or like a, a give space. On the end of the platform. Like, yeah, give yeah. space and stuff like that. Because of course, uh, even I have moments where you know I'm somewhere and I think, is this, I person, know, is this person following me? <laughs> or like, or yeah. like, is this happening? And yeah. because and so you're aware, especially if you're like having awareness of your kind of surroundings, right? But then equally. Being, being, you know, a woman in a dark place and whatnot, you can understand, of course, it's going to be, and not just women, men as well, but, but equally, the women ev- are the targets here, which is, yeah. which is just... I think everyone could be afraid of... Um, well, in London, the chances of someone wanting to, like, steal your phone, that yeah. kind of thing. There's really opportunists out there, pickpockets, this kind of thing. Great, that's one thing, but your worry being of uh, it being violence against women, um, sexual assault, rape... That's a different worry, and that's a worry that women usually only have. There's, um, it's not something. If you ask most men, if they're on a dark street, what are they? What would they be fearful of? I don't think any of them would say being sexually assaulted, assaulted as, yeah. as the top yeah, of, of their list. Oh, of course, absolutely. They'd be like, oh, like they could get robbed, they'd run over. I don't know. You know, all of these things can happen, but they're not going to be afraid of rape. And I think one of the problems that we have is. Um, the policymakers, the ones who are determining these, you know, kind of hate crimes and um, kind of bringing in, bringing in tougher rules, um, they're all men. And so essentially, you know, as you said, on the top of their list, it's not going to be being sexually assaulted in a dark, quiet space, you know, at late at night, which means that they just don't have, no matter how much data you present, it's never at the top of their list. I think you just don't have the urgency, you don't have the importance of it, you don't have that driving force with the actual policymakers and, you know, the people that can make a difference in terms of sentencing and changing, it's really kind of making real change in that area. Um, so I think I think it, the campaigning is important from, from a lot of these charities and, and the awareness of the campaign itself, because I think it does maybe probably and probably hopefully evoke in some people's minds where they kind of are actually there was that time when I was with my mate and he did this or there you know 
You know what I mean? With a certain groups of boys. Yeah. And especially the young guys as well, you know, when they're trying to find their way into kind of adulthood and being a, being a man. Um, yeah. And what they, what they perceive to, you know, what a real man should be. Um, in the stereotypes that exist. Yeah. Um, it, that's, this is a great point to catch them and kind of go, like, that's not it. Yeah. That's not it. I, I think, especially now, like, this year more than ever, people are going out more. People are now going to be getting back to going to, like, lots of festivals, going to lots of nightclubs. There's, like, more nightlife. Um, and so this is a great time before we move into summer to really address this and hopefully we'll see some changes throughout the year and... I guess people will be taking note and I think that as well as men speaking up I think that often people out are in mixed groups and so it's if you're a woman as well speaking up if you feel that it's safe for you to do so like I definitely think it's something that all of us can can be doing but um yeah more so men I guess and that's why this campaign was targeted at at groups of guys because we just have to do better and I think that's overall isn't it um and I like that it wasn't just targeted at, at at you saying, you know, look look at yourself. It was actually just look at your mates too, you know, and have yeah. a kind word. Because it's it's so important. Um, and we are massively influenced by our friends and what and what they do. So I think in terms of applying that peer pressure for a positive Yeah, positive, yeah, yeah is the makes yeah. a difference. So I think that's probably the, one of the best things that Sidney Khan has done in his tenure as <laughs> Mayor of London. Thanks, mate! <laughs> Stay with me now. For all you crazy cats listening at home. <laughs> um, I would Everyone w- imagine. Everybody. Um, okay. Here's a little test. Close your eyes. Yes, you. Close your eyes. Now imagine a CEO. Yeah, you got your image of a CEO. What do they look like? Who are they? What are they wearing? What are they wearing? Imagine a CEO. Now, imagine someone crying in the office. Imagine someone crying, anybody crying in the office, anybody in the office crying. Who first springs to mind? Why are they crying? What happened? What role do they have? So, according to a new gender bias study that was conducted by CPB they determined that when you ask somebody to imagine a CEO you usually would imagine a man whereas imagine somebody crying in an office it is usually a woman they've created a series of posters for their imagine campaign with the hashtag break the bias and it's really highlighting where we have our own gender biases. So they've got another poster, imagine a feminist is a woman. Imagine someone in a board meeting, is it a man? Imagine a nurse, is it a woman? And imagine someone leaving early to pick up their kids, is it a woman? I think it's difficult because Whilst obviously I wholly agree with, you know, the changing of gender, you know, challenging gender bias that exists, it's, I find it difficult because society was such a, a different construct years and years ago, right? We're so much more open now and I think acceptable and, um, and people are more comfortable to express themselves and be themselves and take on new forms. But... I think what's difficult is that there was a piece which said that 60% of children thought that being a plumber or an electrician was a man's job, and almost half said that men always make better engineers. Now, I think, again, what you see mostly because what men would, I suppose, men would aspire to for jobs or jobs that men take on would be a plumber or electrician because... Again, when you grow up, you see that as a man's role or a job. There's nothing wrong with a woman doing it, but you see more men. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like if you actually went and you went to a really big plumbing firm like Pimlico Plumbers and you were to find out who there were... number plates, by the way. Pimlico Plumbers (laughs) have always got the number plates. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. No, I'm just trying to say, if you found out from them who their workforce consisted of, I think that 
you find your answer there. But I question... and, and I'm, not I, saying, I'm not saying that we should think of things in this way, but there's a reason why we do. No, but, but yes, of course, but then equally I would say that I'm sure that there are a few... Um, there are a few female plumbers there, right? Yes. Um, however, what I'm saying is I would like to then look at their applications. How many women are applying for those roles? And, and I think that's the other thing because, again, you have this pre-context of it's actually... The chi- it's the chicken or the egg. It, yeah, You yeah, feel of like course. you're not welcome in that no. environment, so it's not something you no. aspire to do. No, exactly. And when it's... Um, I guess we don't necessarily see it as being so much of a problem when it comes to being a plumber because you feel like, well, if you wanted to do that, you could, but... When it comes to being a CEO or something that is viewed um, with the with companies like being a, a CEO, there are companies that their product range is geared fully towards women, or that's who their target audience are. And so, in those spaces, you kind of think, well, it is even more important that maybe a woman has that role, um, or why sh- why shouldn't a woman have that role? And why aren't women viewed as CEOs? Like, yeah, no, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, th- there is a um, there's certain. There, I think there are certain jobs where you you know what the answer is going to be from a general consensus. Do you know what I mean? So they've they've obviously chosen the idea of plumber electrician because essentially the world views that as a man's job as such. Or more men are definitely take that take that role on. Um, like you, imagine if you, you imagine if you, the line question changed, who should be a nail technician? Yeah. You know, of course, children are never going to think that a man would do that role or do that job, and a woman should they do all, it. They obviously do. If you said a pilot. You always, I think, what comes yeah, to mind is, is a male, you know, and it's not saying that it's right and it's wrong. The problem is, is, is you, is, is, I think how is that limiting the youth yes. to think about what they, they want to do in the future? Yeah. To be honest, we're past it. It's too late. We like we realise that these oh, are it's too late. It's no, about no, we, we, remember, we can, it's about we changing. Open our minds to the fact that actually it's really stupid. We think this way, but. You've a lot of people already kind of settled into their career. It's not going to change what you decide to to study at school, like girls deciding they don't want to do STEM. Those kind of things don't want it, don't feel like they can do maths and engineering and work in those fields. Yes, it's yeah, kind yeah. of this is why it's important. It's for children. Yeah, so it's the next they, generation. Yeah. It's, not, it's lost on us. I think it's important that we rec- It's important that we're recognizing yes. it to to make that change as a society, whether you have your you know your own children or not. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's recognizing it and then being able to actually to um, to kind of have that change in output and and be that person on the street or you know in 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 public that doesn't you know look at something strange because like oh that's that's weird. Why is that woman dressed as a plumber? Yeah, it's just it's just I, I can't. Some of the, reading these things, you because I don't have this outlook. Yeah. I don't. I don't I, it's, it's shocking that people still think in this way in some some respects. Yeah. So they said three in ten um, of the parents that were polled said that they had to actually explain to their children that men and women can do the same jobs. Like that. Like almost that these kids thought that your gender was your entry into the role. Like you physically could not be a nurse if you were yeah, a man. Of course. And you can't be a CEO if you're a woman. Like. But look at children's toys. You know, it's, it's, it all starts somewhere, right? And I'm sure there's a picture, probably, of a little girl with a stethoscope uh, and, you know, wearing the nurse hat. Like, do you get what I mean? It's And there would be a little boy's, uh, you know, Bob the Builder set or something with a hammer and a thing. And the problem is, is that it's so deep-rooted, these gender roles, into everything from toys to TV to schooling. It's, the change has to start from the root, but you start to understand the importance of um, men and women being in all of these different roles when you do get older and it starts to impact you. Me, for instance, don't come at me, but when I have my smear test, I ask for a female doctor. If there weren't any female doctors, I wouldn't have that choice. Yeah, yeah. A lot of women... Um, when I, I watch a lot of DIY videos on YouTube, I always choose to watch women's channels. So I see women doing these DIY projects. Yeah, yeah. And that's because it, it resonates with me of more. Course. And so you need men and women in these roles so that men and women can choose kind of who they want to go to for that advice and that information. Because um, not, not uh, all women just stay at home and look after babies which is what 39% of children polled thought, <laughs> whilst they thought that um, 38% agreed that their daddies should go to work, which I think is a very, like, 19, like 40s, 1950s um, mentality, isn't it? 
Yeah. It just goes to show how much that has really continued through society um, and how much it's just ingrained in, in so much that we see. I think people make a... I think it's very, very clear, you know, I, I know, I know, I know um, women who have decided they want to stay home, raise children, um, you know, and, and create this beautiful home and be that person. There's nothing wrong with that and absolutely go for it. Equally, I know women who that's the last thing on their mind. They want to go out and be that CEO, um, entrepreneur, etc. And then I know men that equally want to be, uh, you know, oh, you know what? My wife is doing a fantastic job. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay home and look after the kid, and but I think it's great. Whereas many years ago, that would be so strange for many people to comprehend. What your husband's staying at home and you're going? What are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a very. I'm glad to see that we again we're moving in the right direction. But just this poll alone shows that the next generation still have these preconceptions. World. There's a little bit of hope. So. Um, 94% of children agreed that they should be able to grow up to be whatever they wanted and 82% um, thought that boys and girls can be just as good at the same things. That they can. So that is the end of our special International Women's Day, Women's History Month we special should, episode. And it's just also to remind you that we should just be celebrating women, everyone, all women, all the time. Um, and there are some fantastic things. Women just go through. I think their bodies are absolutely amazing. That what they have to do, creating new life and putting up with mostly men's bullshit. Um, so well done, well done. I think that everyone um, walking the earth needs to remember that you know, come. You came from a uterus. Mm. You came from a uterus. So pay some respect. I was going to go and burst into song then because it's the lyric, but I can't remember what it's from. Which, on that note, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm Lois Donegan Brown. I'm Fiona Douglas. And you've been listening to the Ad Race podcast episode four. Thanks for listening. Woo.